1: You're listening to the new Mutual Audio Network. Welcome home.
0: The following audio drama is rated R and is recommended restricted for anyone under the age of 17.
2: sunny morning everyone and welcome to the Sonic Society, the world's largest and longest running showcase of modern audio drama. I'm David Alt, and we're still missing Jack. A second week and I'm starting to get concerned. Last week at the end of the show I noticed here in the penthouse he left his leather-bound journal on his desk. And as apparent as it is to peek into people's privacy, maybe this will give us some idea where Jack has gone. But in the meantime, we have little time in the intro today as we complete a beautiful spell from the Secrets, Crimes and Audio Tape podcast and present the first episode of The Signal series from Haunted, the audio drama. And our double feature begins right here on the Sonic Society. Previously on Secrets, Crimes and Audio Tape.
3: They say it all the time, couples. They try to bring variety into their marriage by being other people. Role play.
1: Role playing,
3: Right. We'll pretend. But I call we can't be people we know.
4: You mean like I would ask you to be Leslie or something?
3: Yes, like that.
1: From Wondery, this is Secrets, Crimes, and Audio Tape. An audio drama told week after week. I'm David Reinstrom. What's your secret? Mine is that I'm afraid of the word chartreuse. Jim's was that he thought Franny's co-worker Leslie had great legs that much of a secret, frankly. This is part three of A Beautiful Spell, a comedy by Greg Kolaris, starring Bodie and Jenna Elfman. If you haven't heard part one, permit me to recommend in no uncertain terms that you should hop back two episodes in our podcast feed, and do just that. I'll wait. All right, welcome back. I should also warn you that this play features adult themes and a sprinkling of R-rated language. Everyone comfy? Let's begin. Here we go with part three of A Beautiful Spell, right here on Secrets, Crimes, and Audio Tape.
0: Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Well, we act out a situation, like a sexy scenario. You know, like I'm the nurse and you're the patient, or you're the firefighter and I'm the victim. Like a burn victim. No, like you would come and save me from the fire and we would... Maybe this is a bad idea.
4: No, no, it's good. It's something. It's active. (laughs) We could do claims adjuster and claimant.
3: Claims adjuster
4: and claimant? It's just a thought, Fran. Is that a fantasy of yours? No, I just... I know it. It's my job, so it seems like something I could do.
3: Is that what you do at work all day? Play out scenes in your head from Double Indemnity? Okay,
4: fine. We'll do something else. No,
3: it's your fantasy. Let's do it. It's not my fantasy. I'm just trying to do your idea. Am I a man or a woman?
4: Okay, forget it.
3: No, wait. I'm sorry. You're right. Let's do it. Seriously, I'm sorry. It's a good one, actually. I like it. What do
4: I do? How does this work? Well, did you see Double Indemnity Where are you going?
3: I was going to come into your office.
4: Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, great. Okay, go. Oh, wait, wait. Here. Put this back on. Why? What? You're going to walk in my office naked?
3: Okay. What are you doing? I'm
4: setting the scene. Come on. Go outside. Okay. Hold a minute. Come in. Hello. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
3: Let's go again. Come in. Hello. I have an appointment to see a claims adjuster. You know, to adjust my
4: claims. Why are you talking like that? I was doing Barbara Stanwyck. Okay, yeah, well, just be normal, okay? Start again. Come in. Hi, I have an appointment with... Well, be nice, though.
3: Jim. What? (sighs) Hi, I have an appointment with a claims adjuster.
4: Wait, so I'm confused. When do we have sex?
3: I don't know. We'll play it by ear. Will there
4: be a segue?
3: Yes, yes, I'll segue.
4: Okay, so you're going to segue.
3: Should I come in again?
4: No, no, no. Yes, miss, please, sit down. Sit down. So, how can I help you, miss? I wanted to talk about buying life insurance on my husband. Oh, I see. Now, we would need your husband to be here, of course, to go over it with him.
3: Well, he would. A lot. I don't know when he would have the time. I'm
4: hoping we could just do it. Oh, that's highly illegal, is it? How illegal? We could talk about it, but we can't really sign anything until he's here. You can make an exception this one
3: time, can't you? Not really. Okay, segue. Well, it has
4: to feel real, or it blows it for me. I mean, it's totally implausible that she would sign an insurance form for her husband without him present. Fine. Fine. See, Jim works all day. Jim? My husband. He
3: works all day in the mines, and it's very dangerous. I worry sometimes that he'll be killed by a falling stalactite.
4: Oh, are there stalactites in coal mines? There are in this one.
3: See, if he dies, that leaves me with nothing. You don't work. I've been known to do my part, if you know what I mean.
4: What kind of policy do you think you'd like to look at, Mrs...
3: Carlson, Uh, what are my options?
4: Well, for you, I'd say there's term life insurance and permanent life insurance. Mm, Which do you recommend? That depends. Term is less expensive, but will only pay the death benefit if the insured dies during the specified term of the policy. Now, there is a convertibility option, but Jim will end up paying a higher premium for the permanent plan. So my advice is to just go to permanent write-off. Now, there is also whole life and universal life. And still variable universal life, which operates very much like a mutual.
3: Jim! This is not working. Really? Because I was kind of
4: getting into it. Of course you were. Well, I'm sorry, my job bores you. It doesn't you.
3: bore me. It's just that discussing life insurance is not my idea of foreplay. Well, I didn't finish telling you about the policy. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, you. What? You were. You were going to go through, <laughs> through the whole
4: thing. <laughs> I, I want you to get the policy that's right for you. <laughs> Term
3: life insurance okay. is when. Blah, 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 okay, blah.
4: okay. <laughs>
3: God, I think I'm slap happy. Oh. Jim, what are we doing? Trying. There are times, I think, when I don't mean it. I say it and I think I mean it because I always do but sometimes I say it I say I love you and I'm thinking about something else I remember one time in particular I said it you were on your way to work and I said it and I remember distinctly not thinking it in fact what I was really thinking was where did I put the keys I was going to be leaving soon after you and I knew I'd need my keys so when I said I love you as I always do I wasn't really thinking I love you so much
4: as... Where did I put my keys?
3: <sighs> it has to take a toll, don't you think? All the times you say I love you when you're really thinking of something else. The words and the thoughts become one and the same. One, the translation of the other.
4: Would it help if I got one of those keychains that beeps whenever you lose them?
3: <laughs> it might. Would we sleep in separate beds?
4: You mean like a 50s movie?
3: Like Seth and Teresa?
4: I can't sleep when you're not in bed. You left for that teacher's conference thing last year... I didn't get more than three hours a night. Would you stop calling me at twelve thirty? Not if you don't want me to. Would you stop making fun of my wardrobe? Never. All right. All right. You know what we need. We we just who did you say thought we were a great couple?
3: Jim, it's over.
4: Come Let's on, face who? It. Come on. Teresa and Seth. Besides them. Your sister. She lives too far away. For what? Who else? L- Leslie, right? Can you call her? She's on vacation. Where? The Bahamas. Who else? Why? We're too close to this thing. We need someone who knows us, knows what a great couple we are, and then will remember. Through their eyes, we'll see ourselves, how in love we are. Paul and Louise? Perfect. Here. Here, you call them.
3: Okay. (laughs) They're not answering. Louise! Uh, Hi, Louise. It's Fran. Franny? Franny? I, I'm sorry to wake you. No, 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 I'm okay. Well, no, I'm not. I, I've got a bit of a... Jim and I have a bit of a... Ask her to come over. What?
4: Ask her to come over.
3: Uh, we were wondering if you could come over. Well, uh, well remember when you said that you thought Jim and I were the perfect couple? We were wondering if you could come over and tell us why. Louise? No, I'm serious. We're having some...
4: Memory issues.
3: uh, Memory issues, and we just need to remember what exactly you meant when you said we were the perfect couple. Sure you did. I don't know, a few years back, maybe? No, I'm pretty sure you said perfect. (laughs) Or or great, maybe. Uh Uh-huh. Oh. oh. Yeah, that would be... Okay, that would be great. Thanks, Louise. Uh, Sorry to wake you. She doesn't remember, but she said she'd ask Paul when he gets back into town.
4: (gasps) That's bullshit. Call her back. Jim, she doesn't remember. She said it. You just said she said it. Maybe I made a mistake. No, it's totally something she would say. Perfectly suited? Maybe she said perfectly suited. She didn't say it. Then you say it. Say it and think about it. I love you. I'm
3: sorry. Jim? Jim, don't! Jim! Jim! Jim, stop!
4: When you woke me, I knew it was nothing. That we'd figure it out. Whatever it was, every solution has a problem. But there was that moment when I asked you if you were in love with someone else and the silence. A second where you were processing the question. I'd never even considered this, and and here I am asking it, because it's what you ask your wife when she tells you something like that. These are the things we're supposed to ask, even if we know they're not true. And it wasn't until that moment, that pause, that I thought for the first time what it would feel like to lose you. And it was terrifying. I guess for me, that was the last time I remember feeling love for you. (laughs)
3: Glad you find this funny. No, I'm, so, I'm sorry. I was just thinking about you spanking it to double indemnity.
4: Yeah, well, at least I don't fantasize about the suicidal gym teacher.
3: <laughs> yeah, barely.
4: What are you doing?
3: just want to clean some of this up.
4: Just get it tomorrow.
3: I just want to get the glass.
4: Barely what? Huh? I said... At least I don't fantasize about the gym teacher. And you said, yeah, barely. Barely what? Barely a fantasy. You mean Chris, the gym teacher. You fantasize about him?
3: No. I mean, it, it, it's absurd. Like like you pretending you're Fred McMurray. It's funny what you think about when you're bored at work. Probably the absurdity that allows us to fantasize about it.
4: So it is a fantasy.
3: No, it's a fleeting thought. A sexual... Tick. Uh, what if?
4: Like the firefighter and burn victim. Right. The sixth grade teacher and the gym teacher. And health. Huh?
3: He also teaches health. Jim, <sighs> you're pacing. What is it? What?
4: The fantasy. What is it? It's not a fantasy. The thought. I mean, the thought. What was it? I don't know. Is it sexual? Well, he's a gym teacher.
3: It's not intellectual.
4: Tell me about it.
3: It's not like some long story I map
4: out. It's a sexual tick. I know. It's just a stupid thought. Then tell it to me. No. Why? Because this is stupid. How does it work? Is it just a quick fuck, or does he set up a bunch of those orange cones?
3: Fine. You want to hear it? Yes. Fine. Okay. It starts out with me in my office, school has ended, and I'm really horny. Wait!
4: Okay, go on. Do you sure? yes.
3: The final bell has
4: rung. Oh wait, stop. I can't.
3: Jim (laughs) Jim, I'm just kidding.
4: How long have you been attracted to him? I'm
3: not! You you just said you were. um, He works
4: with me. He's the gym teacher kind of way. I've never heard of that way. Jim. God, I can't stop shaking. Jim, come here. Look at me. You think about these things when I'm not around? It's a thought. Like I thought you have at work. Uh, I thought we had no secrets from each other. Honey, honey, take a breath. How long has this been going on? Jim, look at me.
3: Honey, it's me, Jim. It's Franny.
4: Just tell me. What? The what if. I, I want to hear it. Why? Because I have no power. I have nothing. You have this, this thing floating around, this, this thought in your head, and I have nothing. Just tell me. Where do you fuck him?
3: It's not really about that.
4: What else is it? Dodgeball? The gymnasium! The gymnasium, of course. During school hours? After. After. And with his background in health, we know he has a working knowledge of the clitoris. Okay, let's stop. I want to do it. Come on, let's do it. Do what? Act it out. Come on. You're kidding. What? You just told me you think about fucking this man in the gym. Here's an opportunity to do it in a safe, non-threatening, less drafty environment. Jim, stop. No. This is good, Franny. We're just going to do a little role play. I'll be Suicide Chris and you be you. What do you say? No, this is good, Franny. We're just going to do a little role play. I'll be Suicide Chris and you be you. I I don't want to sleep with Chris. You won't be. We can't be someone we know. I don't know him.
3: Why are you acting like this? I'm
4: not. I'm role playing for us. You can't sleep with me. Maybe you'll sleep with him. It'll help us get perspective, see how happy we are through someone else's eyes. Now, school has just ended. The final bell has rung. Jim. It's Chris. The final bell has rung. And the kids are filtering out. You wait in your office patiently. What are you doing? Getting in costume. He wears sweatpants, right? Now, all alone, waiting for all the buses to leave... And all the after-school kids to get settled in their after-school activities or whatever, right? Until the halls are silent. Oh, where did I put those? Ah, here they are. You own wristbands? All right, stand up. Come on, stand up. Uh, Jim... Now, we've had our 12.30 call at lunch, and you've said something like, the kids are driving me crazy. And I've said,
3: what is it I say every time? Tell me why I do this shit again?
4: Right. What are you looking for now? Uh Aha! I knew I still had it. Jimmy, get away, Jack! So, it's hours later, after my call. And at the time, you didn't think anything of it. But now, in the quiet boredom of your office, you start thinking about the fact that the next stop is home. And it makes you sick. Normally, it's a comfort. But today, for some reason, it makes you want to throw up. Not like blowjob throw up, but the monotony makes you queasy. The same smells, same chores, the same stains on the same rugs. Thought I was the creative one. You are. This is you. I have to see Jim. We we will talk about the same things with the same stupid jokes and the same sweaters. My God, he has a thousand of those fucking sweaters. And if I come home and see him wearing one of those goddamn sweaters, I'll kill myself. (gasps) But today, you find yourself walking down the hall with no particular destination. The sounds of children behind the closed doors... The echo of your shoes bouncing off the lockers. An echo. You normally don't hear because you're never alone like this. At first, you don't know where you're going. You're just walking to walk. Walking to stave off the inevitable. Until you find yourself walking through the gymnasium and into my office. Chris. Do you call him Chris? Yes. What does he call you?
3: In real life? Fantasy.
4: We're all fantasy here. Mrs. Carlson. Mrs. Carlson. Okay. So, here I am, sitting down, going over the lineups for tomorrow's softball game and studying for my lesson on the female reproductive system. You start outside like before. Go on. Let's do it from the beginning. Come on. I don't want to be me. What? I want to pretend too. But this is all about you. It's about us,
3: and I want to be someone else, too. Like who? Leslie.
4: Leslie? She doesn't work at the school.
3: Use your imagination. She's substituting for me. I'm out all week on vacation with my husband, Jim, and our beautiful son, Jack. I've asked Leslie to take over my class for the week.
4: And what, she gets lost and finds herself in the gym after class?
3: I'm not an idiot, Chris. I didn't get lost, I came to talk to you about a student I think would benefit from trying out for the track team.
4: Oh, I coached the track team, too. Busy guy. Would you like to go out and come in?
3: No, I think we're professionals now. We can just start.
4: Perfect. Well, Leslie, it is Leslie, isn't it? Or is it Mrs. Faraway?
3: Either way, Mr. Danaki, it's after hours.
4: Indeed it is. So I insist you call me Chris.
3: Okay. Chris... I love your whistle.
4: Thanks. It was my father's. Oh, was he a gym teacher, too? I was a minor. He was killed by a stalactite. (gasps) I'm sorry to hear that. Well, thank you. So, I hear you're substituting for Mrs. Carlson. Word
3: travels fast. It's only my third day.
4: Well, to be honest, I noticed you in the hall the other day, walking. I asked around. I like the way you walk. Thank you. I practice a lot. I've made you blush. I'm used to flattery. I can tell. It goes with your dress.
3: (laughs) She's my best friend, Franny. I've known her since college. Oh, yeah?
4: I hear she's on vacation with her son, Jack, and her beautiful husband, Jim.
3: Something like that.
4: You know, I think about them, their marriage, and I think, that is the perfect union. I've never met Mr. Carlson, but from the way she speaks... I'm sorry. Do you mind if I work out while we talk? Not at all. Yeah, as I was saying, I've never met Mr. Carlson, but from the way she goes on about him, you have to believe that they're happy, are they? They're perfectly suited. Oh, I thought so. You know, if my ex-wife and I had a marriage like that, I probably would have never considered suicide. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've shared too much.
3: Oh, no. It's just so dark and complicated for a phys ed teacher.
4: Yes, well, I also teach health. What can I do for you, Leslie? Leslie?
3: Well, it's about a student of mine. He's a good kid, but troubled. And I know if he just applied himself...
4: Maybe you should try out for the track team. You also coach track? Hard to believe, isn't it? Why don't you send him on down here and I'll have a talk with him tomorrow?
3: That would be great. Really, thank you so much for your time. Oh, don't
4: mention it. Well, I should probably get back. For what? School is over.
3: Well, I have a parent-teacher conference.
4: You've only been here for three days.
3: She's a very concerned mother. (gasps) Oh! Mr. Danaki, what are you doing? Chris. I think it's against school policy. No one has
4: to know. I've locked the gym doors. Isn't that against fire code? You're goddamn right it is. What if there's a fire? When you've come face to face with death, there aren't a lot of things that scare you. I've heard that. Have you ever contemplated suicide, Leslie? Not that I remember. It changes everything. To hold the gun to your head, pull back the hammer, and know this is the end... It's the most powerful feeling you'll ever know. Because for one split second, you saw the other side. Controlled your own fate, live or die. You know what I do now? When it all seems too much? When the fear takes over? When I feel like I'm losing control of it? That any minute I'll be made insane by it? I say, hey. Hey, coach. Let's get a hold of this. Let's get some perspective here. Because this is what my ex-wife would say. Get control. And I head it off by recalling that feeling. I place my finger to my head, like it's a gun, like this. And I think, is it really that bad, Chris? Is it worse than death, is it? Is not having her worse than blowing your brains out right now? Imagine, Darnaki, imagine that you're holding a real gun to your head right now. Does this make you feel any better to make it all go away with one squeeze of the trigger? Does it? And then I'm okay again, because... I figure as long as death is worse, what is there really to be afraid of? And they let you teach here? Has anyone ever told you how sexy your legs are?
3: She must have hurt you very badly. Who? Your wife.
4: I don't want to talk about her.
3: I heard she cheated on you. She was a slut. It must have been hard to know that she'd been lying to you, betraying you with someone from work. How
4: do you know that?
3: And everyone knew, didn't they? All of her co-workers, people you knew, hosted at your house, knowing what you didn't A secret bond. I thought you
4: were just a substitute.
3: whisper in front of you the
4: gossip. You don't know what you're talking about. Must have
3: made you feel so weak, so powerless. She didn't
4: love him. But she loved you? Yes.
3: That was what you had over him? That was your control? Yes. And you know this, for a fact? That it was love? What else would it be? Well, I'm sure at one time it was, a long time ago. But how do you know then, for a fact?
4: Because I knew.
3: You weren't like other couples. We were special. She loved you, but was just fucking someone else.
4: It was just a thought, a sexual tip, a what if.
3: But I thought you knew everything
4: about her. That's right.
3: There were no secrets.
4: We talked, really talked. Then
3: how did she sneak this by you, these thoughts? She's, she... I think it's important to consider the possibility, Chris, that what you felt for each other wasn't love.
4: No, we said it all the time.
3: Thinking about the laundry, the route you were going to take to work. No, we meant it. Where did I put my key? Then why didn't we leave? If we don't love each other, why not give up? Because you need each other. It's the same thing. Is it? Loyalty, history, complicity. There's no power in that. I loved her. You required of her, and she required of you to understand her, to ground her, to comfort her, to do the taxes, to tell her she's pretty when she feels like shit. To raise her child. Stop. To stroke her hair when the doctor finds a lump. This is not love. This is need. This is routine. No. Then there's no power in need. No passion in routine. We chose to love each you other. You don't know who you are without her. I'm the pragmatic one. Only because she says Shut so. up. Just shut up right now or I'll, or I'll shoot. That's not a gun, Chris. That's your finger, remember? No. No, it's your not. stupid finger with your stupid hand. I don't want to hurt you. You can't hurt her, Chris. You are powerless without her. It's not true. You need her to tell you who you are, what you are, Shut why you are. Shut your stupid you fucking are. face. Bang!
6: <gasps> oh! Flynn. Oh! 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 Ah!
4: Oh! Oh! Jim. Ah. Uh! Uh! Oh god. No. Fran. Franny. Jim. I didn't mean to. I swear, it just it just went off. I don't understand. I'm sorry. I am so sorry.
3: No. No, it's it's my fault. It's my I fault. I started this whole no stupid thing. No. If I had No, stop. Jim.
4: I'm scared. I'm scared too. I love you, I love you. I love you so much, Fran. No, Fran, no, don't go, don't, don't leave me Fran. I need you, Franny Oh God And I put my finger to my head like this. Bang uh. Oh, God. Fran? Franny, honey.
3: What time is it? 6.30. Oh, shit. Really?
4: Why don't you take a shower? I'll get Jack ready for school.
3: It's Tuesday? Y- yeah. Oh, thank God. Thank God.
4: I'll make some coffee.
3: Thanks, sweetie.
4: Wait, is today show and tell?
3: No, it's... Friday, isn't
4: it? I I don't know. I'll ask Jack.
3: Make sure he has his picture for art class. Oh, and make sure he eats this morning. He promised yesterday if I let him go without finishing, he'd finish it today, so don't let him forget. Mm -hmm. We have that chicken from the other night I can make for dinner. No,
4: we have plans, remember? We're meeting Seth and Teresa for drinks.
3: It's tonight? Mm. Uh,
4: Okay, I'll call Denise. No, 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 I don't like Denise. She smells tangy. What? I don't know what it is, but it's weird. I don't trust her.
3: Hang
4: me or not. I, I don't want Jack to have to smell her all night.
3: Fine, I'll call the other one.
4: Thank you.
2: Hmm.
4: <coughs> hey, pal. I was just coming in to get you.
2: I'm hungry.
4: Well, let's let's get you something to eat.
3: What's happening to you? What's Huh? Why is everything broken?
4: Oh, uh, we just, um, Daddy just dropped the lamp. Mm. Why don't you go in the kitchen and I'll, I'll make you some eggs, okay?
3: Can I pancakes in instead?
4: pancakes uh sure
3: yay pancakes 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 you okay
4: huh yeah yeah i'm just gonna make jack some breakfast
3: great call me later yep love
4: you love you too
1: stay tuned for scenes from the next story on secrets crimes and audio tape What did you think of today's episode? We want to hear from you. Please send us an email to secrets at wondery.com and follow us on social media or at Secrets Crimes on Twitter. Next week, we'll bring you our next story, Love Contract, about a company that tries to control the relationships between their employees.
6: No
7: employee, officer, or director of the company shall engage with any other employee, officer, or director of the company in any relationship, activity, or act which is wholly, predominantly, or partly of a nature which could be characterized as sexual or romantic without notifying the company of said relationship, activity, or act.
1: Yes. Companies can do that. Google love contract and see for yourself.
7: Are you implying that I'm having a romantic or sexual relationship with someone else in the company? No.
3: Because you would tell me if you were. Wouldn't you?
1: Love Contract is an increasingly bizarre dialogue between Laura, a corporate employee played by Jocelyn Town and her nameless manager played by Jane Kasmerick, who you'll probably remember as Lois from Malcolm in the Middle.
3: Have you spoken to Derek? Yes. Unfortunately, he's convinced that it was romantic, and he therefore should be telling me.
1: Hey, thank you for listening. Bringing audio drama to the world is what we're all about here at SCA, and I'm so glad to be able to share this medium with you. Tell the world. Tell a friend. Audio fiction is still a growing medium, and we need your help to make it grow. An iTunes review wouldn't hurt. Pretty please. Also, we'd like to know more about you. Yes, you. So please complete a small survey at wondery.com slash survey. A huge thank you to our sponsors for making it possible to deliver high-quality audio drama for free to our listeners. If you'd like to show your appreciation, please always remember to enter the complete URL and the promo code SECRETS. In the very unlikely chance that you forgot who our sponsors are, you will find them in our episode notes. From Wondery, this is Episode 3 of 3 of Secrets, Crimes, and Audio Tapes:
8: A Beautiful Spell. To hear more seasons of secrets, crimes, and audiotapes, listen exclusively with Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus for more exclusives, binges, early access, and ad-free listening, available in the Wondery app. A Beautiful Spell was written by Greg Calaris and directed by Martin Jarvis for Jarvis & Ayers Productions. Fran was played by Jenna Elfman and Jim by Bodie Elfman. Editing by Mark Holden. The opening song was composed by Mark Hadley, Executive producers are Jeffrey Glazer and Hernan Lopez for Wondery.
0: Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with always-on enhanced safety features. They can request a ride when you can't take them. You'll get real-time notifications along the way. They can feel a sense of teenage independence. You can follow their entire route on a live tracking map. They'll get assigned the top-rated drivers. You'll get peace of mind. Uber Teen Accounts. Invite your teen to join your Uber account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. You guys know we do everything together, so of course that means vacations too. But it can be really difficult to find a place for all seven of our kids. We often look to Airbnb for that extra space and have found some amazing places. If you have an amazing space and are considering a long weekend getaway with friends or family this fall, you could Airbnb your place... And make some extra money to help pay for the trip or for something a little more fun, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca/slash host. Mm-hmm.
6: Don't you go spoiling your appetite, Ralph.
8: (laughs) 23 years of marriage and I still can't sneak anything past you.
6: (laughs) Don't you forget it. I'll be doing dinner shortly. Those pork chops and some of those potatoes you harvested.
8: Yum. In that case, I'll just satisfy myself with a beer. I'm going to finish pruning those hedges out back. I know I should have done it before now
6: don't you take Mark out to help you? Mark? Mark?
8: Oh, leave it, Barbara. He's probably got that music of his turned up so loud the rest of the world might as well be dead.
6: I don't like the amount of time he's been spending in his room lately. He barely comes out. And when he does, he's sullen and sulky. I'm worried about him.
8: He's a teenager, Barb. They get like that.
6: Not our Mark. He's never been like that, and you know it.
8: I guess I do.
6: He keeps saying there's a leak in his ceiling. But I've checked and checked, and I can't see anything. A leak?
8: Barb, we haven't had any rain in over a week, and there's no pipes running over his room. <sighs> Maybe you're right and something is bothering him. I'll try to talk to that boy tonight have a heart-to-heart.
6: Thank you, robert I'm going to talk to that boy. Mark! Mark! You shouldn't listen to your music so loudly. Come into your ears. Mark, turn around! What? What's all of this? Mark? What's... What are these drawings? What are you
2: doing in here, (laughs) Mark?
8: Mark, it's good to see you out of your room, son. My God! Where did all that blood come from? Are you hurt? Bob. Bob, get out here. Mark's hurt. Barb! Ah! What? what are you doing? Mark, stop! Oh,
6: Stop! No! <laughs>
9: Haunted the Audio Drama. Episode One The Signal. Part One of Six. Written by Jamie Evans.
7: books, every article that you've ever wrote.
5: Generally speaking, when somebody closes a door in your face, it's because they want you to go away.
7: I have come a long way to see you, Mr. Hunter. Like I said, I am a huge fan.
5: I don't have fans. Rock stars have fans. Film stars have fans. Washed-up authors specialising in paranormal investigations don't have fans. We have crazy people. (laughs) Oh, that's warm.
7: Um, <laughs> it's ten in the morning.
5: That time. Guess I'm starting late today.
7: I really am a fan, Mr. Hunter. I've driven four hours to come and see you.
5: It's very kind of you to do so, and honestly, more than a little creepy. As you can see, however, I'm sort of in the middle of something here.
6: And if I didn't find shelter for the night, I'd have to make one out of the cameraman's skin.
1: Uh,
7: what, exactly?
5: Wallowing. Can't you see this is first-class wallowing? Look, what can I do to make you go away? Would you like a book signed or something?
7: Uh, Well, first of all, yes please, that would be amazing. And secondly, I've come here to ask for your help. My help? With a case. Something very strange is going on. Something that nobody can explain and I need your expertise.
5: I don't do that anymore. I'm done chasing things that don't exist.
7: How can you say that?
5: You said you were a fan. I am. So you've read all my books and all my articles.
7: Every single one.
5: Then you will know that I have never, not once, in an entire decade of investigation, managed to find any proof of the supernatural. At some point, I decided to stop looking.
6: But you
5: never stopped believing. I did. Now. I did.
7: And this is what you do now? Waste away on a sofa, eating pizzas and necking beers and getting fat? Instead of continuing your wonderful work? Instead of investigating? It's as
5: good a plan as any.
7: Well, I guess it's true what they say. What? Never meet your heroes. Do you know what made me a fan of yours? Do you? It's not easy being into this sort of thing, wanting to know the truth. People think you're either a weirdo or you're stupid. And not to mention, the entire field of paranormal research is filled with frauds and con men. But you, you always told the truth, even when it didn't support the answers you wanted. And what's more, you helped people. Like, when you investigated the haunting of Bletchley Manor, you didn't seek fame and fortune like the other pair who were there. You cared about the family. You saw their suffering and that they were going through in their terror and you wanted to find a way to stop it. I... I admired you. I wanted so badly to be like you.
5: I'm grateful for what you've said. Truly, I am. But it's good for you to see me like this. Maybe it will save you from following the same path I did.
7: But you were so- You
5: read the books. You saw the lectures and the magazine articles and the documentaries, and you saw some sort of fantastic life, filled with adventure, no doubt. Let me tell you what it really is. It's an entire decade, wasted. My entire 20s, thrown down the drain, wasted on a career that has yielded me nothing and now acts as an effective barrier to further employment. Ghost Hunter doesn't read well on a CV when you're applying to Sainsbury's or Asda. I wasted an entire decade of my life. And now I live in this shitty flat, drinking cheap booze and eating crappy takeaways. They can't even get the orders right. I mean, look at this. Pineapple. They put pineapple on it. Who puts pineapple on a pizza? (laughs) <laughs> you do realize it's very unorthodox to just turn up at somebody's house, right? How do you know where I live?
7: I'm pretty good with computers.
5: You know the sensible thing for me to do would be to call the police. Tell me now why I shouldn't do that
7: because i'm I'm desperate and because people are dying, Mr. Hunter.
5: Oh, damn it, you may as well call me James <laughs> and your name
7: Oh, I'm Abigail. Abigail Corbin.
5: Okay, Abigail Corbin, you've got five minutes. Tell me what's going on. I must have been crazy, crazy or something. I was out of this life. I turned my back on it. That was a firm decision, a closing of the book, if you will. And what had it taken to drag me back in? A pretty girl blowing smoke at my ass about how she was my biggest fan. Abigail talked nearly the entire journey. More than once, I had to remind her to keep her attention focused on the road. The entire way there, she pushed her luck with the speed limit, always seeming to be doing a mile or two over whatever the limit was. (laughs) A born rule-breaker, or perhaps just a pretender. As I allowed her verbal tidal wave to wash over me, I assessed the situation I found myself in. It was clear to me that Abigail was an intelligent and highly curious young woman, proving her claims of having read my books, she was able to quote entire passages, some from books nearly a decade old. (laughs) Call it gut instinct, but whatever was going on I didn't believe she was lying to me. Abigail truly believed in the supernatural nature of whatever terrible problem was afflicting the people of Greenvale.
7: We're here. Welcome to Greenvale. One large lake, four semi-decent schools, one pagan circle, one Burger King and the source of all boredom in the country.
5: You aren't a fan? It looks... quaint.
7: I'm 25 years old. I'm allergic to quaint.
5: You'd rather have the excitement of the big city.
7: Definitely. We used to live closer to London, until Mum moved us out here. Why? Oh, you know, just your typical story. Dad was banging his secretary, Mum wanted an excuse to move away. She found a pretty good job opportunity out here, and we moved pretty quickly. She earns a decent wage and can work from home, so... Suitable for her.
5: What does she do?
7: See for yourself. We're here.
5: Abigail swung the car off of a main road and down a wide dirt track. Past a small thicket of trees, the road opened up to reveal a house and, more interestingly, a good-sized, though incredibly run-down church. The wooden slats that formed the tower seemed to be rotting and thick veins of ivy snaked across the surface. The windows, where once would have sat stained glass... We're now boarded up. Your mum works in a church.
7: That's right. She runs it. She's a vicar. The church has been out of use for decades. Most of the townspeople prefer the more modern St Mary's in town. However, the council wanted to restore this one as a landmark, and so mum was hired as the vicar with the intention that she oversee the restoration.
5: Very interesting.
7: Are you religious? Once. What do you mean, once?
5: I was religious. Now I'm not.
7: Just like that? You're not?
5: It wasn't just like that. It took years of repeated disappointment and built-up resentment to get me to be the cynic you see before you.
7: You're very dramatic, aren't you? Don't worry. I like it. Come with me. (laughs) It's a bit dusty in here.
5: This is old even for a church, isn't it?
7: How can you tell?
5: Timber, not stone. This type of architecture, they were called Palisade Churches. There aren't many of them left standing. I believe the only other one is Greenstead Church in Essex. It's
7: been out of use for decades. The town council wants it fully restored and operational again, and they've hired my mum to oversee it. That caused some problems in itself. Down here, in the basement. Problems? Well into the 21st century, and some people still have a problem with female reverence, if you can believe it. Here we are. Welcome to my underground lair.
5: The basement of the church was one large rectangular room. A cheap iron frame bed had been assembled and rested against one wall, next to a bookshelf holding various books on the supernatural, my own works taking pride of place in the center of the shelf. Their spines cracked and creased from repeated readings. Over on the far wall was a desk with a computer, newspaper cutouts, and photocopies from textbooks. I couldn't quite decide if it had a cosy charm about it, or if it was somewhat sad. You sleep out here.
7: Occasionally, if I'm working late. I do have a proper bedroom in the house, silly. Mum doesn't exile me to the garden or anything. She wasn't going to use the basement for much, so I asked her if I could use it. Well, begged, really, until she finally gave in.
5: And what do you use the basement
1: for?
7: Research! As you can see, I've got all these books and more newspaper clippings and web page printouts than I know what to do with. This is also where I host my podcast.
5: Podcast.
7: Yeah, you know, like on iTunes or Spotify. Audio programmes where people talk about different topics.
5: Like the radio.
7: Yeah, like that, but not lame. (laughs) And with more selection. Seriously, there are podcasts out there for everything. Baking? Podcast for it. 18th Century Opera? Podcast for it. Episode-by-episode breakdowns of the Antiques Roadshow. podcast for it.
5: So what is your podcast about?
7: It's called The Haunted Podcast, and I discuss various unexplained stories from around the world. I use your research a lot and talk about all of your investigations.
5: I can't imagine there's many who'd want to hear that.
7: You'd be surprised how many people are actually into the supernatural. I get a lot of calls in as well. People who claim to be experiencing their own phenomenon.
5: And you offer them advice?
7: If I can... Obviously, I'm not trained like you are. Man, it feels so weird to actually have you here.
5: It feels weird to be here.
7: I mean, you're James Hunter.
5: Yes, I was aware of that.
7: I've been reading about you since I was a teenager, and now you're standing here ready to do an investigation with me! It's taken me a while, but I've assembled all the equipment I think we'll need. I've got a spirit box, 2K meters, thermometers, infrared cameras, divination mods, and even some of those little crystal pendulums you can swing. I was gonna buy a scrying mirror, but the one I found on Etsy sold before I could. Abigail,
5: calm down. Listen, before I decide I've wasted good takeout and whiskey time, why don't you tell me more about what's been going on?
7: Oh, oh of course! Here, have a seat. Here, look at this picture.
5: OK. It's a young man.
7: His name is Mark Rawlingson. He's an average, everyday guy around my age with a decent job, a girlfriend and a good social life. His hobbies included gaming and music. He had a little band that used to play down at the Jack and Jill doing covers mostly. He was pretty good, actually. Until? Two days ago, Mark murdered both of his parents and himself. Completely out the blue. Hmm.
5: There were no warning signs.
7: By all accounts, Mark was fairly happy. I knew him. Oh well, a little. Not enough to count myself as a friend, but enough to say hi in the street. N- he never seemed the type.
5: They never do. Could it be that this is just a very unfortunate event? As you say, he killed himself, so it's over.
7: Not quite. Come here. The police believe Mark committed the murders in the morning... But they don't think he committed suicide until several hours later. In between those two times, he uploaded this video to his Facebook page. I...
2: Psst. We heard you're looking for a new Lexus. Want to know a secret? Aaron Park Lexus is the place to find it. Their reputation for having top-notch guest service and a friendly, knowledgeable team is why those in the know have been buying theirs from Aaron Park Lexus for years. And hey... No secret handshake required.
3: Be our
1: guest at Aaron
3: Park.
0: During the month of September, get 5.4% lease rates up to 24 months on the all-new 2024 RX 350 at Aaron Park Lexus. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with always-on enhanced safety features. They can request a ride when you can't take them. You'll get real-time notifications along the way. They can feel a sense of teenage independence you can follow their entire route on a live tracking map. They'll get assigned the top-rated drivers. You'll get peace of mind. Uber Teen Accounts, invite your teen to join your Uber account today. Available in select locations, see app for details. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with always-on enhanced safety features. They can request a ride when you can't take them. You'll get real-time notifications along the way. They can feel a sense of teenage independence. You can follow their entire route on a live tracking map. They'll get assigned the top-rated drivers. You'll get peace of mind. Uber Teen accounts. Invite your teen to join your Uber account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Hey, folks, it's Mark Marin from WTF. Maybe you've stayed in an Airbnb before and thought to yourself, this actually seems pretty doable. Maybe you have a spare room or maybe you're going away and your whole place will be empty. You could be sitting on an Airbnb and not even know it. Whether you could use the extra money to cover some bills or for something a little more fun, your home might be worth more than you think. Find
8: out how much at airbnb.ca slash host.
5: The boy was in his mid-twenties, a thick, shaggy mop of hair in desperate need of a trim. He had stubble around his chin and dark circles under his eyes, the way his eyes stared at the camera, devoid of anything. It was as though he were dead before he pressed record. Now he leaned forward, eyes boring into the lens of the webcam he'd recorded on, and he said,
6: Don't listen to the radio.
7: the end of the video.
5: Who is Melissa?
7: His girlfriend. Hold on. Here, on his friends list. This is her, Melissa Black. I think they were together on and off for two or three years. These other two friends here, Jay Harold and Paul Mason, all three were with Mark about a week ago and they went out drinking.
5: So you want to talk to these people?
7: I'd love to, but they're all missing. Missing? Gone. No activity on their social media pages, no reports of them being spotted in town. I think they might be in danger too. This isn't the first either. I've looked and in the last three months there's actually been two other cases of seemingly normal people suddenly turning psychotic, murdering their loved ones and then killing themselves.
5: How did you get most of this information? You have a source on the inside, don't you?
7: I have friend in the police. Obviously I'm not supposed to know most of this, but he thought I might be able to help.
5: You've obviously thought about this, and taken some good advice from my books, I might add.
7: Wouldn't be the same without you.
5: I'm trying to say that I'm impressed. (coughs) Oh, Oh, please. My tinnitus is back.
7: You're right. It does seem a little crass in the moment, given that these three people's lives may be in danger.
5: Exactly. Can you take me to the scene?
7: Sure. Let's go. My friend says they're keeping the house sealed at the moment as they may want to come back, but he isn't hopeful that they'll find anything. Fingerprints and DNA all indicate beyond reasonable doubt that Mark committed the crimes.
5: The mystery is why.
7: Exactly. We can take a look for things they wouldn't necessarily be looking for. Maybe traces of ectoplasm or mysterious scorch marks. Maybe we can try the spirit box. I bought it with me.
5: Let's use our primary tools first.
7: Primary tools?
5: Our eyes and ears.
7: Keep a lookout. I'll get that open.
5: What are you going to do? Pick it with a hairpin? Exactly. When did you learn to do that?
7: It's not easy being a teen whose parents are chronically unhappy. I fell in with a bad crowd for a while. You know, before all this.
5: Abigail Corbin, rebel.
7: Is that a flask?
5: So it would seem. That'll do.
7: More whiskey?
5: I wish. No, I'd run out of that when you got there this morning. This is that cheap corner stuff garbage they try and pass off as vodka. Tastes more like paint stripper, but it does the job. Calms the nerves.
7: You're nervous? Not at all. Really?
5: To be fair, I haven't done an investigation in two years. Voila! Nice to see your miscreant youth can still be put to good use.
7: Whoa. Can you feel that? That foreboding?
5: It's a psychological trick. You know something terrible happened here, so your mind's warning you that this is a place of danger.
7: Well. It's working. I'm getting no EMF readings above baseline. Oh my god, scratch that. I'm getting loads. Oh wow, this is off the charts. There must be serious supernatural activity all around us right now and...
5: Is your phone in your pocket?
7: Um. uh, Yeah. It is. Damn.
5: Mobile phones are responsible for many erroneous EMF readings.
7: I I did know that. Rookie mistake. Choke up to nerves at working with you.
5: What can I say? I'm a rock star in my field, apparently. The John Lennon of paranormal research.
7: Can you choose someone a bit more modern? Like who? I don't know. You don't really have any rock stars anymore.
5: Exactly.
7: Come on. Mark's room is upstairs. That's where all of the stuff is. stinks in here. The mother was killed in here, the father out in the garden. They think Mark didn't die until roughly half a day later, which is when he killed himself. Also, in here.
5: I'm guessing the mother was killed right where there's that rather dark stain on the floor.
7: That's right. Mark apparently bit into her neck, right through the jugular vein. Can you imagine that? That's like a feral animal.
5: If we discount supernatural occurrences for now, he must have suffered a serious mental break. Tell me, Abigail, you've studied me for long enough. What's the first thing I like to do when I observe a scene?
7: Um, record your thoughts.
5: And the first tool in a ghost hunter's toolkit? A
7: good dictaphone. Right here. This is mine.
5: Well done. My name is James Hunter. I'm a paranormal detective. I was gone for a while, but now I'm back, thanks to the tenacious efforts of the rather tiring Abigail Corbin. That's me! Also on the recording. We are currently standing in the home of the Rawlinson family of Greenvale in the United Kingdom. The family are all deceased, the mother and father murdered by their only son who then committed suicide. All witness statements report that Mark Rawlinson, the son, was of sound mind and not capable of such barbaric acts. We are standing in his room right now. Abigail, what do you see?
7: Right. Uh. Okay, uh, first things first. Um. This is... Uh, well, you know, after um, the police came and, you know... Stop. What? Why?
5: Stop umming and ahhing. You're making yourself sound stupid. You're not stupid. I know that much about you already. Speak with confidence, as you would on your podcast.
7: Okay, um, okay, here I go. The police have already been through the house and taken items like Mark's computer into evidence, along with several notebooks filled with scrawlings. The first thing that's notable upon entering the room is a large dark stain on the floor where blood was soaked into the floorboards themselves. Checking my EMF meter, I'm picking up no readings. Checking the corners of the room, I'm not seeing anything. Checking the wardrobe now... This seems clear. It's worth noting that Mr Rawlingson was killed outside of the house itself, and Mark killed himself in the shed. A week prior, he had been on a night out with his friends. Since that night, nobody in town seems to have seen Mark Rawlinson anywhere. I'm sorry. I feel like I've wasted your time bringing you here. There's nothing else.
5: You're wrong. You've missed something. Look closer. Where? Down.
7: Down? What? I don't... Oh, there! Those marks by the feet of the bed. It looks like Mark dragged the bed aside at some point.
5: Exactly. Shall we take a peek?
7: Oh, my God.
5: I'm guessing the police didn't see this.
7: I don't think so.
5: Note it. Abigail, note it.
7: Beneath the bed, someone, presumably Mark, has carved symbols into the wooden floors. It's mostly strange symbols I don't recognise. Lots of circles with various lines through them. There are two words I recognise, though, repeated from his Facebook video. I'm sorry. That's horrible. Why is this so horrible?
5: Because it's starting to read like an admission of guilt.
7: You think he knew what he was doing?
5: It's possible. Number one rule of paranormal investigation, Abigail. You must never go in presuming the supernatural. Your job is to remain impartial and clear-headed. You need to... Shh! What was that? The front door. Somebody's here.
7: They're coming up here!
5: Quick, into the wardrobe!
7: What could be going on? Shh!
5: Silence is imperative right now. Our lives might depend on it. All right,
6: come out of the wardrobe with your hands up. One
5: wrong move and I'll shoot
6: you.
9: Starring Jamie Evans as James Hunter and Isabella Barbieri as Abigail Corbin. With special guest Luke Hunter as Dan Cowell. Also featuring Kevin Stemp, Linda Clark, Elliot Bigden, Benton Hodges. Narration by David Anthony Green. Opening and closing themes by James Crow. Haunted, the audio drama, is created by Jamie Evans. With all episodes produced and directed by Jamie Evans and Benton Hodges. Audio engineering by Benton Hodges, Charles Topping, and Jamie Evans. Haunted is a production of Impala Films and is recorded at Free Sprite Media Studios, with special thanks to Duncan Newham for equipment support. Thank you for listening to this audio presentation. Come back next week for the next terrifying chapter.
7: Of Haunted, the audio drama.
0: Introducing Uber Teen Accounts, an Uber account for your teen with always on enhanced safety features. They can request a ride when you can't take them. You'll get real time notifications along the way. They can feel a sense of teenage independence. You can follow their entire route on a live tracking map. They'll get assigned the top rated drivers. You'll get peace of mind. Uber Teen Accounts. Invite your teen to join your Uber account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. Introducing Uber Teen Accounts an Uber account for your teen with always on enhanced safety features. They can request a ride when you can't take them. You'll get real time notifications along the way. They can feel a sense of teenage independence. You can follow their entire route on a live tracking map. They'll get assigned the top rated drivers. You'll get peace of mind. Uber teen accounts. Invite your teen to join your Uber account today. Available in select locations. See app for details. I was recently on a family trip and we rented an Airbnb in Whistler, BC. That was so cute. We were inspired to become Airbnb hosts ourselves and it's been so great. Maybe you've stayed at an Airbnb before and thought, this actually seems pretty doable. You could Airbnb a spare room or your whole home while you're away. You could be sitting on an Airbnb and not even know it. Whether you could use a little extra money to cover some bills or to spend on something a little more fun, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.ca slash host.
2: And that's this week's show. Please check for show notes and links for both today's features at sonicsociety.org. Until next week, where we may have to take drastic steps to find out what happened to Jack Ward, I'm David Alt. Have a safe week, everyone.